are listening to WRBH, Reading Radio for the Blind. This is the Public Affairs Show. I'm Carl Arredondo, former chief meteorologist of Channel 4. I am visually impaired. I have retinitis pigmentosa, and I walk with a white cane. On today's episode of the Public Affairs Show, we have some uh, repeat guests. About last year at this time, we were talking to Michael and Diana Esordi about the crew of Krampus and the Krampus Parade coming up. That's this Saturday, December the 2nd. Michael and Diana, thank you for joining us again. Thank you for having us. This is great to be here. It's good seeing y'all, and I've seen y'all recently at another event uh, for uh, the Krampus. Um, but briefly, just uh, give everyone uh, a history of who the two of you are, where y'all met, and where are you from, what school, what family information you want to give to everybody, just to let them know who you are. Well, I'll go ahead and get started with that. So I'm originally from Northern California, and Mike and I met many years ago in San Diego, and then I think the rest is kind of history with that, with how we ended up here and starting the parade. Yeah, I'm Mike Asorti, and I kind of lived pretty much everywhere. I grew up in Detroit. I lived in the Northeast. I lived down in Florida for a while, California, as Diana was saying, in San Diego. But I spent a lot of time in New England because I went to school at Rhode Island School of Design, and that's where I got my design degree, which I apply heavily onto the crew of Krampus. Now, first, before we get into the parade uh, this weekend, uh, give a history of uh, Krampus, the legend, how it started, how we started it here. Sure. So Krampus is an old, 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 old tradition. In fact, I, the, everything that I've done research-wise, they don't even really know where it started. It goes that far back, pre-Christian times. But what has, over the years, what happened was in Alp countries, you know, like um, Austria, Germany, things, areas like that, Hungary actually does it too, and northern Italy as well. They have this tradition where St. Nicholas comes out on St. Nicholas Day, kind of like we do with Christmas and Santa Claus. And the only difference is St. Nicholas has this character that goes around with him, who is Krampus, uh, that punishes the bad kids. We don't have that with Santa Claus. You just get the good stuff. Naughty or nice, he says you maybe not be on the list, but we know you end up getting something. With uh, this tradition, if you've been bad, Krampus is going to get you. And what usually happens when the legend, when Krampus gets you? <laughs> so I think that depends on stories I've heard from different people uh, that we've heard growing up. It kind of depends. You know, if you're just kind of bad, you know, you might get a, a beating with, a, with a, a birch stick or something like that. If you're really bad, we've heard that the story is they will, the Krampus will take you, stick you in his basket that he carries, and take you back to his lair and never to be seen again. <laughs> wow. But there's none of that with this Krampus uh, for the parade here. Unfortunately, no. We just leave everybody on the parade route. All right, great. So let's talk about the parade. It's this Saturday, December the 2nd. It starts at 7.30 p.m. Um, tell us the parade route, and then we'll get a little bit more into Accessibility Row. So the parade route is starts at, if anybody is familiar with Bywater, uh, Parlo Beer Lab, which has been friends of ours and lets us set up there. It's on the corner of Mazant and, or actually, uh, Lesseps and Royal. And that's where the uh, parade will begin. And 7.30 sharp, we are always starting on time. That's one thing that we're pretty proud of, that we always start exactly on time. And then what we do is parade down Royal until we get to Independence, and that's the beginning of Accessibility Row. 
So I'll, I'll jump on an accessibility row. So that's going to be a two-block section that we have on Independence that's going to go from uh, Royal to, um, what's the other street, Mike? Uh, Delphine and then Burgundy. And so in the first section, we have an area called Quiet Zone, and that is an area for people with uh, sensory processing sensitivities. Uh, we're going to have a trailer that will be there this year. The second section, we have uh, areas for people with mobility concerns, and then we have an ASL interpreter for, uh, for folks, and then we also have Masters of Ceremony that will be visually describing the parade. And last year, I was very impressed because last year was the first time that we really had this put together. And I was honored enough to be uh, one of the uh, narrators for the parade for Visually Impaired. My fiance Isis and I uh, got to do that. And we enjoyed it. I mean, it, visually, it's a great parade to see visually and then to describe it for folks that may have a vision impairment, you know, no vision or low vision. And then the AS ASL interpreter was right next to us for anybody that was deaf or hard of hearing. And it was amazing. Uh, and this year, I think, have there been any changes? I know you said you have a van this year. Is that... Yeah, so that's probably one of our biggest uh, changes this year is that we will be having a van. It's going to be adjacent to the quiet zone. And so it's, I think, maybe about a 16-foot long trailer. And it'll just be a place that's going to be a quiet area that if uh, any children are having any issues while they're there, that they can go into and just kind of calm down, mellow out. It's going to be a very quiet space for them. So we think that'll be a, a really great addition this year. And so for anybody that wants to go to Accessibility Row, there's no uh, reservations. You just show up on Independence Street and and find the area that, that is designated for your... Absolutely. So so we have um, a map that's on our website, which is crewofcrampus.com, so that, that will also help to kind of direct people. But then we have a whole staff of volunteers. There's lots of signage that's out there, so it should be really easy for people to find and... You know, again, we have the volunteers that will be in reflective vests, so if they have any questions, any of those folks can answer for them. Now, how did, uh, after you look back after last year's parade, how did you see last year's parade? What was, what worked, what changes you've made about the parade? Did anything make you want to do something differently? How, how what was your feeling about last year? Last year, well, if you remember, it was the first time back on the streets after doing the drive through parade because of the pandemic. But I think with adding accessibility row last year, what I noticed as the designer of the parade is when we got through that quiet zone, it felt extra spooky almost because Krampus is a loud character. We have these big bells that we ring and, you know, make noises. The sisters of shh obviously are really quiet, but not that quiet. When we got there, everyone I think was petrified to make noise because we wanted to make sure everybody's viewing and, and experience of the parade was to what the, you know, what they expected uh, coming to Accessibility Row. So what we're doing this year, and I'm going to experiment a little bit, you won't notice it as a um, someone, someone there, but maybe next year I'll pull it in. But I, I like the idea of telling a story that changes along the parade route. So as you start, because I thought about that as like, wow, the parade really changed through Accessibility Row in not necessarily a bad way or a good way, it's just different. And I thought, wouldn't that be interesting to 
along the different sections actually change the way their performance is so that you can tell a story. So people could actually, depending on where they're standing, catch a different part of the story and which might make a lot of people, you know, catch at the beginning, follow us almost because it's an interesting concept to, you know, we've done this really with our parade from the start is to tell a story front to back. You know, you're talking about the visual side of it and thinking about that, Everything about the parade was thought out when I was designing it. So as you come through the parade, there's a lot of dark, and then it gets light. So I, I play off contrast a lot with design. So there's quiet, then there's loud, then there's, you know, and it goes up and down. And it'll what it does is, like, for instance, the Sisters of Shh, they're a character that wear, they wear all white icicles and very frosty looking. And they're, again, they're quiet. They, they shh the crowd so that, they know Krampus is coming. But what that does is when Krampus does come, it's extra loud. Because as you know, anytime you quiet something and then all of a sudden you get a bang, it's, you know, you're not ready for it. So it's going to have that extra impact on the audience. Is there anything that you can think of that? No, I mean, I think, you know, each year that we have the parade, we always kind of look and see, okay, how did it go this last year? Do we need to make any changes? So we're always constantly making improvements. It may just be little improvements. It may be big improvements, like, you know, having the the trailer this year in the, in the quiet zone. So I think, um, you know, we always assess those things and what we can do to make the parade just a little bit better for our fans because we have truly the most amazing fans, and we always want them to feel appreciated. So, again, we always try to to just make the parade a little bit better. I'm actually joking a little, laughing a little bit because we had our, our crew meeting the other day to go over details and someone said something and I, and I said, no, that, seriously, Diana and I run this like an NFL team. We actually watch video <laughs> of the previous year to see what worked, what didn't. And we had, the last year we noticed, or you know, previous years we noticed that the sisters all get really excited and they kind of bunch up and Diana joked that they look like a glowing blood clot. <laughs> so we quickly saw that in video and Diana was like, okay, ladies, we're going to get together and here's what we're going to do. And we're going to spread it out and we're going to do arm's length. And they figured out a way to make sure that they would not be just one big clot of <laughs> glowing white coming through. And it, so it's things like that. We actually spend the time to look at video from the parade. We look at all the pictures that people post. And for me, visually, I'm changing things all the time. Well, it was it was amazing last year when I was involved with it, and this year it's going to be a little different for me, and I, I got to thank you guys, and if uh, folks haven't seen some of the postings that I am St. Nicholas in the parade this year, so I'll be walking in the parade, which is uh, amazing. It's a great uh, honor, and I'm looking forward to it, as you know, and you guys have been awesome, knowing that I'm visually impaired and walking at night is sometimes a very difficult thing for me to do. But you all have, you know, been there and asked what I need, what's going to make it comfortable. And I'm really looking forward to this. So, again, sometimes stepping outside of your comfort zone is, you know, a little scary. But uh, being around amazing people, and I got to see that when uh, we had the snowball fight. Uh, uh, what was it, August? Uh, August, yeah. yeah. And that was amazing seeing all the different groups that are involved, and they're awesome. So let's talk about the different groups that march in the parade. Talk about each one their history, their responsibilities? Sure. So the the crew started 
with three main, we call them troops, because we, again, we're one crew that puts on one big performance, but within that performance, we have the different troops. And originally, we had the three main ones. It was the Krampus, which you have to have in the Krampus Parade, and that we kind of talked about a little bit. And then the sisters that I keep mentioning, uh, Diana came up with that folklore on her own because traditionally Krampus is an all male, um, you know, in countries they would, they would just all male could just, um, costume and that's it. Recently, that's sort of changing. Diana was one of the leaders in changing that. And she said, you know what? I want a costume and I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to come up with my own character and she can probably talk a little bit about that if you want to talk about the sisters. Yeah, so the sisters actually started in Philadelphia when we were involved in one of the first Krampus parades that happened here in the United States. And like Mike said, I just wasn't pleased that women didn't have a role in that. So I created modern folklore with the sisters. And that was um, a character that is born at the same time Krampus was, except out of ice and snow and winter. So we are just as powerful as Krampus, but we steal souls rather than cart anybody away. <laughs> so and that, that's the sisters. So they're pretty spooky. They're beautiful at the same time. So that, again, that contrast plays off really well with the sisters. The third group was or is the Yules. And with the Yules, what we've done there is we've had some people come to us and say, my background is, you know, my heritage is Polish. And there's this character that I, my grandmother used to talk about. And, you know, can we do that? So we ended up coming up with an idea of allowing anybody to join and bring any cultural uh, character into this, as long as it had to do with winter, winter solstice, Christmas, Yule time, things like that. So it's a winter theme always. But it's been interesting because we've got now... I think there's like close to 30 Yules, and each one of them is a little bit different. There's uh, a Yule cat from from Iceland. There's a Marilod from Wales. And it's, again, they all have their own folklore behind them. The sisters are the only one that are unique to us. The rest of them are age-old traditions that go back in all these different countries around the world. How does anyone uh, become a member? How do they join? Do they have to go to each one of these different troops, or is it through the Krampus site? Uh, how, how does somebody, if they see this or hear about this and see the parade inside after, hey, I want to be part of this? So if they want to join, we have, you just go to the website, and we ask people to fill out a form so we can get some information about you. But we have pretty much are open to anyone, and you pick your kind of, we've are very accessible there too because we ended up starting this whole process because we knew some people said you know it'd be all right if i pay a long time so we figured out a way that people could actually do monthly installments and it's not that much it's only um if you do it right away like in december it's under it's like 150 we'll have to look at it what it's going to be this year but the the um full amount is 250 which isn't too bad considering all the things that we do all year round and all that we put into it and just the expense of putting on a parade like this. So to, to become a member, uh, keep an eye out on crewofkrampus.com or watch us on Facebook because we'll be announcing you know the pre-season uh, discount so people can join right away. And then what happens is you become a member. We take Mardi Gras off so everyone can just relax and enjoy Mardi Gras. And then as soon as Mardi Gras is over, we get going. We start doing the things like the snowball fight. We have a couple other big events. We do some Halloween things that are fun. And we just try to help out with local businesses and the community to make it fun all year round. 
And when you say snowball fight, it's different flavors of snowballs, uh, a contest. And, and that was great. I mean, the the, the uh, flavors and the concoctions that came up were amazing. Talk more about the, uh, the snowball yeah, fight. Yeah, I love the snowball fight. So that was an idea I came up with because obviously snowballs are a big thing here in New Orleans. And me growing up in, in Michigan, I was in plenty of snowball fights. So it was kind of funny. There was some tourists that came to the snowball fight or walking by it. And they're like, snowball fight? And I had explained to them that that didn't mean what they thought it meant. So it was kind of fun. But basically, the snowball fight was this idea of let's have a contest of different crews. So we invited the first year we did it, we challenged crew of red beans. And we said, okay, we're going to challenge you. You pick a flavor, we'll do a flavor, and then we'll let the crowd and whoever you know, samples it vote. And I'm happy to say that Crew of Krampus won, and we're undefeated. <laughs> I'm very competitive, by the way, just, just so you know. But uh, the next year, the uh, last year, we invited five crews to compete, and Crew of Krampus actually just was sort of the, the master of ceremonies in a way because we wanted to get the word about it, word out about Accessibility Row. So we had a whole section there. Uh, you know, you came and and talk to people about it. And I think that worked out pretty well. But the other crews involved did an amazing job. They took it up another notch. They wore costumes. They had a whole theme. So each one had their flavor. And it kind of meshed with what their crew theme was. But it was such a fun day. It was hot, but cooled down with as many snowballs as you could have. And we had a good time. And raised some money for Accessibility Row, which allowed us to buy some equipment this year, much-needed equipment for for the... um, you know, the MCs and things like that. Once again, the parade is this Saturday, December 2nd. It starts at 7.30, and it's in the uh, Marini? In Bywater. Bywater, sorry. Yeah, Bywater. And um, now, the one of the prized possessions are the coals the, with the throws. So describe the different types for the different groups. So um, we have three different types of coal. Well, actually, four, if we count St. Nicholas. So... Um, the three founding troops, the sisters, Yules and Krampus, all have coal. Sisters have white frozen coal, the Yules have green coal, and Krampus has black coal. So um, if you are in one of those troops, you get a certain set amount of coal. Everybody individually decorates it, and then those very prized possessions are handed out on the parade route. Very limited quantities, and so that's always something that people ask for. And I think one of the the most prized possessions is the St. Nicholas gold coal. And so there's even less of that. And so you are very special if you do get one of those lumps of coal. Uh Oh, so I have to be uh, very uh, choosy on how I, I dish those out. huh? Absolutely. <laughs> gold coals. Okay. How, do, how does, how are they decorated? What's the process? So it, it really varies. Um, you can have something that may be, very simple, um, with tied up with a ribbon and a bell on it, or something very complex like some of our members have done where one of our members has created a little character on their coal with a light-up house. So, you know, it just, it really varies. All of our coal is also all sustainable products because we try to be a very green crew with things that we do, and everything is in um, like a reusable cloth bag that people can do whatever they'd like to with it. Um, so yeah, it just really varies, but it's all very creative. There's actually what I was, it just reminded me that, you know, we like to innovate because <laughs> we're a very creative group, but this year what we're doing with the coal 
is announcing. So the cold, so I'm the Uber Krampus, the over Krampus, and I will be handing out these specialty coal that are made with recycled glass that uh, glass half full NOLA uh, does at the recycling center here. So what we're doing this year is committing to next year, making all of our coal with recycled glass, not completely. We've found out that we can mix about 50, 50 plaster and crushed glass to, to create the coal, which is still quite a bit. And then we're also going to allow our fans to get involved. So what you can do starting this week, all the way through December, if you take your glass bottles, whatever it is that you have to recycle over to glass half full, there will be a special crew of Krampus bin that you can put your glass into. And that glass will then be used, will be crushed and will be handed back to us. And then we'll make that throws next year. So it's a way that you can get involved this year and actually make throws or you know create the gla- um, the recycled glass for us to make the throws for next year that's awesome uh, another thing that y'all are doing is awesome is i understand that the uh, toys for tots uh, if you, somebody wants to bring a toy that you can bring a toy and we're going to have the marines um, in the parade absolutely so toward the end of our parade we have this amazing sparkly red glittery sleigh and uh, with a trailer and then we usually have maybe 10, 12, 15 Marines in dress uniform that walk with it. And so we always encourage everybody to bring a toy. Um, They also take cash donations as well. But bring a toy, and the Marines will come and collect it from you. And usually every year we collect a lot of toys. So this year we're hoping to get more than ever and really help kids in the community, um, you know, make them have a little bit better Christmas. What I've seen from the two of you is that you guys are always thinking about how to give back to different charities, organizations, or people with abilities or disabilities. And that's one thing that I was really impressed with. I think I told you all last year, I was so impressed with the idea of Accessibility Row and how we're continuing to do it and trying to improve it and make it better and invite more people to come. So has any other parade contacted you about that? I know we hope that you'd get more response from last year when people found out about this. Did anybody ever come up to you and ask you about it? Well, um, last year we did work with uh, Joan of Arc when they had their parade in January, and we did provide an ASL interpreter um, for like a couple of spots they have on their route where they do a very formal formal thing. So we were able to do that, but we are truly hoping this year, as more people get to know about Accessibility Row, more crews hear about it, that they reach out to us and talk to us about that because we would love to share our expertise because... You know, for Mike and I, we would love to see this done for every parade. And there's a way to do it for every parade, you know, during Mardi Gras, any other time during the year, other events. Um, You know, we've created something that worked pretty well that first year, and it's going to work even better this year. And we would love to help other crews at least start a conversation about this and get them to think about it, because we would love to see this spread throughout our community. So if you're listening out there and you're visually impaired or, you know, someone that uses a wheelchair or deaf or hard of hearing and uh, with sensory issues, you know, let them know about this parade and what's going on. And if you know somebody that 
a family member that's in Bacchus and Dimian or Orpheus or any other the big crews out there, let them know that about this accessibility road. Tell them that to reach out and to uh, talk to Michael and Diana about accessibility road because every parade should have. I've seen so many people in in uh, using wheelchairs that they can't see, you know, from the parade routes because people are standing and trying to catch the throws and beads. So this is a tremendous idea, but it just needs word of mouth and traction for other crews to uh, to hear and to maybe start that conversation like you mentioned. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any other information you want to give out about the parade this Saturday? Talk about the route again. Well, first of all, back to the accessibility row, I will say if someone does have some very specific need, if you just reach out to, we have an email, accessibility at crewofkrampus.com, or just find us, you know, message us through any of the social media accounts. Let us know, and we'll see what we can do to help you out. Because I know the mobility uh, area was one thing that we did get some feedback, you know, like, yes, it's great to have, but parking sometimes is an issue. And some of those things we can't control, but we can do some things, um, you know, that, to maybe help you out. Maybe we can save a spot for you. You know, again, if, if you really have a specific need, just reach out and we'll see what we can do. We'll try our best. And then also, um, in terms of our route, if people want to see a map of that, we have that posted on crewofkrampus.com and then also our Crew of Krampus Facebook page as well. It's awesome. I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to be uh, 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 happy and mobile St. Nicholas for this uh, parade and seeing the crowd and hopefully... uh, hopefully keeping Krampus away from all the uh, the kids out there. But uh, it, it sounds like it's a wonderful, wonderful event, and I'm looking forward to this. I just hope it's not freezing cold because then you're going to have a grumpy St. Nicholas, but uh, I'll be dressed warm. So you've already told me the process about the costume and everything, so I'm I'm kind of excited. I, haven't, I don't remember the um, St. Nicholas last year, but I'm really looking forward to the costume for this year. Yeah, you, it's going to look amazing. You are going to make the absolute best St. Nicholas, so I'm I'm excited to have you be a part of the parade. And the best one so far, because I'm sure next year will be <laughs> also just as good or even better. We've been lucky and have some really great St. Nicholases along along the way, and I have I'm kind of jealous because it it's you see them and the crowd just goes nuts. You'll see. I mean, you'll find out, and the kids are yelling to you. The funny thing is, we'll, you won't maybe see it, but Krampus sees it. We have this thing called the candy cane defense. And so if kids are afraid, because some parents said to us, well, my kid is a little nervous that he might not have been as well-behaved as he should have been this year, and he knows what Krampus can do. If you stand like a candy cane, so you put your arms up and curve them a little bit and stand in very still like a candy cane, that's the magic about this. Krampus can't see you. So if you've been a naughty little boy or girl and you put your hands up, Krampus will go by. St. Nicholas will see you, and maybe you'll, maybe that's one way to get that gold coal. There you go. And I'm looking forward to it. I'll have assistance seeing also, so I'll be um, moving around getting all the uh, the throws to the people out there. So uh, I want to thank you guys for the honor, and thank you guys for coming on today. Thank you, Carl. You have been listening to WRBH Reading Radio for the Blind. This has been the Public Affairs Show. Thank you for listening. Have a good day.